0: Welcome to Sex, Law & Audio Tapes, a public legal education podcast. The podcast series is created by law student volunteers from BPP University Law School, under the supervision of qualified lawyers. The theme this week is social media and employment law, specifically how your students use of social media can impact on their ability to get or keep a job they have in the future. The podcast is designed to support secondary school teachers delivering the new statutory sex and relationships education syllabus that is now compulsory for 11 to 16 year olds from September 2020. Each week we will be explaining the legal consequences of particular SRE related behaviour such as drug taking or social media use. Our listeners can build that information into a wider programme of learning. Exploring the emotional, social health, and other impacts of such behaviors. This podcast is is going to consist of three main sections. First, we are going to look at some cases in which employees have faced the legal consequences of misuse in social media. Next, we are going to run through a scenario, which could be used by you to help your, help teach your kids in a classroom setting. Finally, we are going to do a short quiz where we will bring to light some interesting and surprising facts that surround this topic. Today, you are listening to Nathan
1: Gill,
2: Um, me, Ari Smith,
3: me, Ashley McGovern,
1: and me, Alec McKenzie.
2: Before we look at some cases, we thought it would be important to discuss why we believe this is actually such an important topic to teach pitfalls of social media are well known stories of people who have been undone by it from one misinformed post are never far from the news pages and yet every single one of us who is presenting this podcast today uses at least one social media channel on a daily basis recently a personal trainer working for a gym chain used the company's social media account to post training programs supposedly celebrating black history month The post were deemed racist and the personal trainer was forced to quit his job amid national outcry. Only last year, Emma Dell actress Sheila Iqbal was sacked from the show when the press dug out a seven-year-old tweet that contained homophobic and racist slurs. This was despite the fact she had made numerous on-air apologies expressing her regret. I'm sure that even you, who is listening to this podcast now, has had some personal experience with interacting with social media be it for personal or professional reasons.
1: Social media can be an incredibly powerful tool and increasingly companies are looking for people who are digitally literate. This includes knowing how to use social media and why it's a good thing to have as a skill for future employers. Companies use social media to project a positive image of their business into the public domain. Social media provides an efficient way of sharing information, knowledge and best practices between colleagues and clients. For example, you can retweet a news article much quicker than writing a story about something yourself. And on a personal level, social media platforms provide excellent networking opportunities with other professionals online. Often, companies publish their job opportunities on these platforms, and you can even connect with people at companies you are trying to get an interview or job with through platforms like LinkedIn.
3: Although social media use may be encouraged by a lot of companies nowadays, most companies now have policies providing clear guidance on how employees should conduct themselves on social media. And the consequences of non-compliance with these policies can include losing their jobs. There are a number of reasons why companies take inappropriate use of social media by their staff so seriously. Firstly, companies can be held legally responsible for the actions of their employees on social media. And discrimination laws can hold companies responsible in law for inappropriate comments one of their employees makes about another colleague online. For example, racist, sexist or homophobic comments can ultimately lead to the company having to pay out lots of money to the person subject to those comments. The outcome of cases are made public and may be reported in the papers, which can really damage a brand. Secondly, employers may post confidential information belonging to their employer online, which could help competitors gain an advantage, such as, say, secret recipes for one of the products. And thirdly, access to social media on your employer's equipment during your work hours can lead to people spending their time on the Internet instead of actually completing their daily tasks, leading to lost productivity. Finally, there is a significant potential to damage the company's reputation inappropriate comments made online by companies and their staff can be shared widely very very quickly and can affect whether the public want to work for them or even buy their products and services from them. For all these reasons companies are now starting to take employees to social media very seriously and to take action against employees in the courtroom if they think behaviour has been inappropriate. <laughs>
1: We are going to share a few examples of how social media has affected employees jobs and the outcome of those cases. These employees were sacked from their jobs for posting inappropriate things on social media, using either Facebook or Instagram, but the same principles would apply to different social media platforms like Instagram. If you have worked for a company for more than two years, they cannot sack you unless they have fair reason and have followed a fair process. Basically, they have to have heard your side of the story. If the company was in the wrong, this will be classed as an unfair dismissal, and they might have to, might have to give the sacked employee their job back and possibly pay them compensation, up to including £80,000. This law derives from the Employment Rights Act, 1996. The first case was Taylor v. Summerfield, a supermarket employee posted a 20-second YouTube video of two colleagues wearing work uniforms hitting each other with plastic bags. The video received eight views and was taken down three days later. The employee was a good employee for the last six years and apologised for the video. The employer was later sacked for damaging Summerfield's reputation and the employee took Summerfield to court complaining he was unfairly dismissed. Do you think this was a fair dismissal, Ashley?
3: Um, overall, yeah. I think it's fair. Even though the views were low, it was still online for three days. So it gives three days worth of media traction and three days worth of people jumping on the bandwagon and highlighting faults with the company. And ultimately, it was done in company time on company property. So it's, it's not exactly the most professional thing to be getting up to. But ultimately, the court disagreed and the court held that it was unfair for a few uh, for a few reasons. Among them, there was no clear connection between the footage and Summerfield supermarket brand. It was hard to see the logo on the screen and the YouTube footage only viewed by a few people. So it was hardly spread about. Uh, secondly, there was no proof that sales dropped as a result of the clip and previous good record was considered. For example, the guy had uh, six years of uh, strong performance. And lastly, the company was in the wrong to sack the employee and eventually had to fork out compensation. The next
1: case we're going to consider is Priest v. weatherspoon. A manager verbally abused two customers and posted negative comments about the customers on her Facebook account. They thought they had privacy settings, but didn't, and it was subsequently seen by the customer's daughter who complained. The staff handbook stated sharing opinions online which dam- damaged Weatherspoon's reputation would mean instant dismissal. The manager was subsequently fired. Do you think this was a fair dismissal, Ari?
2: God I don't know that's a really hard one I think um, we've all been in positions before where we've been in jobs and had tricky customers and perhaps not been so kind about them um, and especially the fact that they were posting on Facebook in what they believed to be you know private forum so but then also I do kind of see why they would get sacked because that does not look attractive from the brand's point of view seeing Um, people being unkind about their customers. So I guess their hands were a bit tied, especially if it was in the customer handbook.
0: The court on that one, Ari, they said that even though the conversation was on a private account, um, the conversation was still online and it involved specific customers and you could identify them from the post. Um, It was viewed on Facebook, so it can be shared by anybody. And then the, aware of the company's social media policy and do, didn't comply with it. And it risk, the risk to the company outweighed the right of freedom of expression. Uh, so the courts found that it was a fair dismissal for the court to sack the Mrs. Priest and not give her the job back.
1: The third and final case we're going to look at is Crisp, the Apple Retail UK Limited. An employee worked in an Apple store and had attended training highlighting the importance of protecting the Apple brand. However, they still posted negative statements on Facebook about Apple products. One of these comments was, "Mobile Me messed up my time zone for the third time in a week and woke me up at 3am. These posts were made on his private Facebook page and were outside of working hours. However, Apple still fired Mr Crisp, so he took them to court, complaining he shouldn't have been sacked. Do you think this was a fair dismissal, Nathan?
0: So, following from what the Weatherspoon one was, um, I'm, I'm not sure whether it's before or afterwards, but from the looks of it, they've been taught that it's not, even if they're on Facebook or anything, it they can uh, negatively affect the brands that they're working for. So I, I do think it's a fair a, a fair dismissal.
2: Well, you and the court are um, in agreement then because the court held it was a fair dismissal too um, for, for two main reasons, really. First, uh, the Facebook posts were not truly private. I mean, even though they could only be viewed by friends, they had no control over how its comments might be copied and passed on and second of all Apple had made it clear in its training protecting its image was a core value and critical remarks about the brand were strictly banned.
4: We've already seen some of the factors that the court will take into account when deciding whether it's okay for a company to sack an employee. These include was there any damage to the reputation of, a, of the business as a result of the post, these need to be proven, not just speculated. Can you link the company with the post? Who and how many people saw the post? And were, the, were there any company guidelines on, the social, on social media use and was the employee trained on them? The judge will, all, will also take into account all the relevant circumstances when making their decision about the fairness of sacking someone over a social media post. Other factors that may have been mentioned in court cases include has the person apologised for their post? Was the post offensive in any way? Was the person who made the post in a senior position who was meant to be setting an example for employees? Was any secret information owned by the company leaked in the post? Was the post done during work hours and on work premises? And finally, how long was the post up for? The other thing to emphasise to young people when talking about the possible employment law consequences for posting something inappropriate online is do they really want to go to court to prove the company was wrong in sacking them? It's worth remembering that the outcome of court cases is not guaranteed. All, three, all the three people we mentioned in the previous cases spent time and money going to court but not all of them got the outcome they wanted. If you got sacked for something you put on social media even if you ultimately won your court case, you would still have to go through the legal stressful legal process. This can take a long time, sometimes over a year, and can cost a lot of money if you're paying for legal advice from a lawyer. It can be time consuming to put all the evidence together you need for court, and nerve wracking going in the witness box and being accused by the other side of lying or exaggerating. In the meantime, you might be struggling to get another job because your old employer won't give you a good reference. So do you really think it's worth the risk to go through this kind of process by what you put on social media? It's not fun, and I think all of these people would rather have been doing other things with their time than fighting a court case.
3: So let's apply this ever evolving area of law to a scenario that you can use in the classroom yourself when teaching students about the impact of social media use on their employment rights. After listening to the below fictional example of someone recently sacked for inappropriate offensive comments on their social media page, you could then invite students to act on behalf of the employee or alternatively the company to put forward some arguments about whether or not the employee was legally within the rights to sack the individual. For now, Ari will act as our claimant's lawyer, i.e. the person who represents the interests of the employee, and Nathan is gonna act as the respondent's lawyer. So that's the person who represents the interests of the employer. And they're gonna provide some of examples of arguments that students might come up with when taking part in this activity themselves. Once I've set out the initial scene, will change key facts in the case, and the counsel for either side will have to relate to the new information as it comes in. And we'll see if this makes any difference to the outcome. So here's the scenario. James works for a charity called Action for Disability. They work to tackle stereotypes about disabled people and help secure them work opportunities. The charity's social media policy makes it very clear that making any offensive remarks about disabled people to the extent that it actually lowers the charity's reputation, may result in sacking. After following the Oscar Pistorius murder trial on TV, the next morning, James decides to vent his anger on Instagram while he's at work and say, peg leg should should be put away for life. Anyone who disagrees is disabled in the head. Although his Instagram account only has 32 followers, it is publicly accessible. By the afternoon, 21 people have liked James's post, and Sarah, who's one of James's colleagues, herself a wheelchair user, has spotted it and is extremely offended. James apologises to Sarah and says that he never intended to cause offence. In the first place, he was just venting frustration and anger at the injustice of the trial. After some investigation, Action for Disability, his employer, decides to sack James. So, what are the key arguments for and against
2: Well, I am the lawyer representing Action for Disability. And I'm going to argue that it was fair to sack James James from the company. First of all, James had breached the social media policy. And similar to the case of Crisp and Apple, there was clearly a written social media policy for Action for Disability staff that had been brought to his attention but which James 100% chose to ignore. Secondly, Although a relatively small number of people engaged with the post, many more were capable of seeing it due to the public setting used in the Instagram account. So, you know, while only 21 people liked it, maybe 100 people saw it. Thirdly, there's absolutely no question about the offensiveness of the content. His language choice runs from derogatory nicknames, pegleg, to directly accusing people who defend Pistorius as mentally disabled. His comments offended the very people the charity want to guide and support and lastly James's post was sent during working hours so he really is on the company clock at this point
0: so acting as uh, to say that it was wrong to sack James it was only sent it was only liked by an limited audience engaged and uh, these with 21 likes total on his page he only ha- has thirty people, 32 followers, uh, so it should only be viewed limitedly. Secondly, he should be entitled to publish whatever he wants on his personal social media, as there is nothing on his account that says his views or expressi- expresses the support by the company he works for. The right to freedom of expression should overrule any other arguments. And finally, he expressed remorse quickly after it, after it came to his attention. He's posted that he in, had insulted a colleague, apolog, apologized, and made it clear it wasn't a targeted attack against disabled people.
1: Revisiting the scenario, there are some strong arguments there why James's comments, though it is fair to say it contains some offensive derogatory terms, might still not meet the standard for dismissal. I'm not sure at this point which way a judge would go. Let's alter the situation slightly. Would the decision change if James deleted the comments four hours later or maybe deleted his entire account shortly after?
0: So James clearly retracted his uh, his comments. It shows that he's clearly apologetic and he regrets that his comments as an outburst the judge should lean towards finding James that he was unfairly treated by his employer. Using Taylor and Somerville, we could argue that in the scale of time, say no more than five hours or so, it couldn't possibly have affected the charity's commercial status, their overall reputation, or made any dent in how many people consulted and used the service.
2: Nathan, I'm afraid that that is not the final word because in Taylor and Somerville, one reason why the judge found that the company had unfairly dismissed the employers was that you couldn't tell from the video that the workers actually worked for the company. You couldn't spot any logos. There was no connection to them. However, here in this case, James's Instagram bio says that he works for Action for Disability and he's repeatedly tagged them in other pictures. Then there is a clear link, in which case it would lower the reputation of the charity for anyone who comes across it.
1: This time, what if James, prior to his Instagram post, was an outstanding employee? In fact, would it matter if his track record includes two Employee of the Month awards in his last year?
2: I'm afraid not. It could be easily argued that an outstanding employee would know not only the charity's social media policy, which he's clearly breached, but also a full understanding of the comments that are direct attack on the disabled community that they represent.
0: Again, referring back to Taylor and Somerville, judges should take into account the employee's track record when considering whether or not their particular behaviour was sufficient to warrant a second on uh, on of the employee, James has a brilliant record as as a loyal employee, and it is stated that he has two employee of the month awards awards in the past year. This should factor heavily in Jim in the decision.
3: So to conclude, if this case was being heard in any court today, the outcome is far from certain. There are just so many factors to balance out from the offensiveness of the comment uh, of the comment. To how many people could have access to it at any one time how long it was online for and lots of other considerations our concluding message for students is basically this don't roll the dice and be in a position where you have to go to court in the first place to try and persuade a judge that your employer should give you your job back it's far better to be cautious and always think before you post something online what if my current or future employee saw this, would it affect how they thought about me? Could it affect their reputation, my prospects? Also, think about how your privacy setting and who actually has access to your social media platforms, including colleagues or even the public at large.
0: So, finally, we have a quick quiz that you can you could run through with each, with the children in your class. We will also give out the answers on the podcast ourselves and run through each through podcaster. Start, starting off with, with asking Ashley, what adva- What are the advantages of using social media? You can have, it shows you digitally literate, a effective way to promote a business, uh, provides networking op- opportunities, or all of the above.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd have to go for a mixture from all columns. I think it's a great gateway onto the jobs market, especially more professional social media platforms, which mightn't be available to school kids just yet, but which will probably come and on, come onto definitely uni the likes of LinkedIn, which is a good way to connect with professionals. It's there's loads of jobs boards for you to get quick access to the latest roles. Uh, you can quickly apply with online CVs and stuff like that. Um, but it's also a CV plus point in its own right. If you can uh, be an effective communicator, I think it's something that any company would be more than glad to take you on with that skill.
0: And one would be, what is the percentage of employers that would look at a prospective employee's social media? Alec, Alec what I don't hear, is it 50%, 75%, 60%? or 80% of employers?
1: Um, I'd probably guess 60%, just on just on probably instinct, that a lot it seems to be going more towards that they will look at your employment, buying your social media for employment, but I don't necessarily think it's that high.
0: Were you, were you thinking of it being that high? It's actually higher. It works out at 75% of employers. Look at the prospective employees' social media. Um, then what percentage of these would change uh, change the mind on employing a person based on something negative on their pl- profile? Ari, it's over 50, 50%, under 50%, over 75% or under
2: 75%? Um, God, well, I know when I was in my previous job, when I helped hire a couple of people, we definitely looked at people's so had a quick, quick cheeky look at people's social media accounts, and I know that we made some perhaps unfair decisions off the back of that. So I'd say it's pretty high. I'd say the highest, highest option you gave. Uh,
0: so over seventy five percent. And that is incorrect. It's it's only over fifty percent. Uh it's not as high as seventy-five over seventy-five percent.
2: Oh god. Maybe that's part of the the wrong side of the percentage there.
0: <laughs> it does work out. I know a lot of people do it as well. And then and then what percentage of employers would refuse to hire a person if the profile was a uh, profile picture was a booze of a boozy night out? I'll I'll show you, is it over 50%, under 50%, under 60% or under
3: 75%? Uh, Well, personally, I'm fingers crossed that it's the lowest percentage possible. But if I have to speak more generally, I'd say I reckon people are pretty judgmental. And I think it's not only the fact that you've gone out... And you might be a bit worse for wear and you might be looking better than doing all sorts of things. But it shows that you may be not as savvy or as on the ball as you could be, because there's lots of ways, like we've discussed in the podcast, to change your settings and to hide stuff and to untag yourself in pictures and stuff like that. So I think there's plenty of means to get rid of incriminating stuff. And if you haven't done it, well, you're not as sharp as you could be. So I'm going to say being judgmental may, maybe about 60 percentage
0: so it worked it don't have the exact percentage but it works out at just over 50 percent mm-hmm. of employers check uh, would refuse to hire if it's a booze of a booze night out so ari what are the risks and disadvantages to using social media
2: God, well, I think there's many, but I think there are three main ones that spring to mind. From an employer's perspective, firstly, um, it's really disadvantageous for their employees to be on social media all the time. It can lead to loads of wasted work time and essentially a, a loss of productivity. Um, secondly. Uh, there's the chance that private documents from the company may accidentally get leaked on social media you never know what's in the background of your photograph or your story and um and whether your competitors are keeping a keen eye on what's being posted and thirdly um i think that any discrimination online is there for the whole public to see and um not only is it detrimental for the company you may be working for at the time, but it could be detrimental to any future employment.
0: Um, So, Alec, what are the risks of going to court to prove unfair dismissal?
1: Um, I think probably the biggest one is just how unpredictable the courts can be. Um, As you've seen from the, the case we talked about, it's nothing's guaranteed, so you could potentially spending a lot of time and a lot of money to go to court and essentially come out with an outcome you didn't want. So it's, it's obviously a very big risk.
0: Uh, there's also it can it's not guaranteed to give you the result that you want, and it can take it can take a long time. So it can take up to a few years to few, prove your point. And coming back to you, Alec, what are some of the factors judges would consider when ruling on pay cases?
1: Um, there's quite a lot, actually, that um, come to mind. Um, it, I think the big one is if you can link the company directly to the post, or was the post made during like company work hours? Um, obviously, how offensive the post is, would definitely have an effect um, and obviously start se- more senior members of staff have obviously got to show an example for their the people they're supposedly supervising so the higher up in the company you should probably you should be more aware of the policies if there are any
0: and finally ashley what could happen if a case is found to be unfairly dismissed
3: so scanning through the case that have come to court in the past decade or so, there's basically two main options. One, arguably the best one, is that your employer uh, gets on the knees and gives you job back. Or the other one, like was discussed earlier, they can admit they're wrong and pay compensation of up to a maximum of 80 grand.
0: All the statistics mentioned in this quiz today were from a job site survey conducted a few years ago. If the same companies were to be asked today, the the statistics may fluctuate up or down. Before we sign off, we would like to share a few extra resources and guides that would be useful in the future. There are websites available that provide guidance on how your students can use social media to give themselves a positive image in the job market. Social media can be a great tool to help you get jobs and do your job well, if it is used in the right way. We re- recommend looking at the article, How to Use Social Media to Get a Job, on SaveTheStudent.org. We also recommend 10 things you should Never use, never post on social media on collegegrad.com. Finally, we recommend the great TED talk that you could share with your students, which tells the cautionary tale of Justine Sacco and how a careless tweet cost her more than just her job. We mentioned some current examples of the misuse of social media that has hit the headlines that you might find interesting to share with your students. If you want to read more about the case of Emmerdale actress Shayla Iqbal, or the personal trainer Black History Month case, You can locate these news stories on BBC News by by using the search tool. We have been Nathan Gill,
3: Ashley McGovern,
2: Ari Smith
1: and Alec McKenzie. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex Law and Audio Audio Tapes.